You're listening to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by James and Callum. Hey, gone boys. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we're continuing our coverage of the Melbourne International Film Festival for 2023. Yes. The 71st edition. Yes. Uh, last week, we rattled off a list of movies that we'd watched. And we're gonna Did our first 10 out mm. of all the movies. At the time, we had seen 19 movies at MIFF in total. Um, and we did the first 10 last week. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure listen to that first because this is part two. Um, we snuck in a little cheeky screener since last week. So now we've got another 10 movies. So it's actually 20 movies we saw overall in the whole uh, of Myth. Um, so now we're going to talk about the second half of those. Yes. So we're going to start with Bird Eater. Boyd Eater. Um, I forget the director's name. It was Jack, Jack Clark and, and Jim. Jim. I knew the first names, but I, did, I wasn't sure on the surnames without looking it up. Um, Damn my... Jim Weir? Weir Jim Weir, Weir, yeah. Um, Bird Eaters, another Australian movie. Um, initially on the Myth program, it was built as a horror, and I think that's where we saw I think, it. Yeah, so because we were choosing movies without knowing anything about them, we just, just going vague, off, like, yeah. we just, I saw an image, I was like, that looks cool, it's Australian, like, horror thriller, something like that. Yeah. I think it might have said horror on the Myth it, it, yeah, description. Well, it, it did initially, and yeah. then it got changed. And then, yeah, and then, so we picked it, we didn't really know anything about it, and we, we were watching it and being like... What is this? Yeah. <laughs> like the movie's going, and we're like, "This isn't a horror." This movie. is what, yeah. It's just like, kind, mean, it, but it, it kind of is. It comes close to it, but not in the way we were expecting. Yeah, it, psychological thriller. Yeah. yeah, it's more like yeah. a psychological thriller, but black it's comedy, also a black comedy. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. And <laughs> we were just like, and and ended, and like I think we can all agree, it was like one of our favorites of the yeah. whole. It's in the top five. Definitely. Yeah, it was awesome, especially because it was so unexpected. Yeah. Hashtag Dylan for life. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is his name Dylan? Oh, my God. I can't remember. It's Daryl? It's Daryl or no, Dylan? No, no, no. I think it's Dylan, yeah. Um, it's, um, a D, it's a D name. Yeah, D name. Um. <laughs> but we talk about... Yeah, so the the screening we saw at the Kino had a Q&A with the cast and crew, which is really good because they got to kind of uh, fill in a lot of the back behind the scenes and the production of it. We um, n- next week we will have an interview with the directors of um, this movie, which we one pre- of the directors, one of the directors, yeah, which we pre-recorded. And this Q and A, we're sitting there that, thinking like they answered all our damn questions. Yeah. So we we had we had a um, yeah, it is Dylan. Dylan. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it was a. But we talk about that in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we had a um, interview set up with the directors of Bird Eater, two two young guys from Sydney, Jack and Jim, and that be, be, then we saw the movie and they had the Q and A. And they basically answered everything. <laughs> yeah. But then also we were like, well, that wasn't recorded. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're just going to ask the same questions again. So yeah, yeah. we're going to go over, <laughs> and of course we asked uh, other other questions. And um, so yeah, uh, we won't go into all of Bird Eater now. But there's a lot of next, it we talk about again. Yeah, it, d- it deserves yeah. a longer discussion. Yeah. yeah. Ne- yeah. Next week we'll um, sort of talk about that a bit more, not spoil anything because it still hasn't come out yet. Um, and then we'll play our pre-recorded interview with Jack. Um, yeah, so we'll leave that for next week. Uh, the only thing is I was on the Nova Cinema Nova website the other day and I saw that it's getting a release on November 23rd. Okay. So good, good. definitely check out Bird Eater. We'll talk about it more next Close week. It, yeah. 
um, and you can hear our interview with one of the directors. But yeah, I just thought I'd put that in here as well because definitely it's always good yeah. when these movies have a really a wide Don't release. Support good Australian movies. Yeah. yeah, so we're not skipping over Bird Eater, but we're also it's going to be explored more next week. Yes. Uh, but and our Bird Eater special. And our Bird Eater special. Suffice it to say, before we move on, that it is a good movie. It's very good. Please go and see it if you have the yeah. chance. And again, like with all the movies, don't look up anything about it. Yeah, no. no. You'll be better off. Yeah. Um, also... Although, the tra- I don't think the trailer gives anything away. Nothing I didn't watch the trailer, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, the next film on our list was one of my most anticipated... The adults. No, no, no. We watched. No. Uh, oh, sorry. Time. Oh, You're I using. Yeah, I got the. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you've only got the. Yeah, the calendar. So, so, so what we, was the next movie? We we did we snuck in another screener. We did uh, Time Bomb Y two K, which uh, yes. which was a documentary about the Millennium Bug, basically, and how people and it's like archival footage about. I, I don't know how young our listeners are, or if they're old, or uh, we don't know the demographics. I feel but like this, they're around our age, most of them. Some but I'd like. I don't really remember the... We were just sort of old enough to sort of remember, but not old enough to... I remember the anticipation and the Y2K bug kind of thing, but yeah. I don't remember the night or anything like that. I don't know, maybe I was... Oh, yeah. I think um, I was just at my uncle's house. I wish I, wish I remembered, but I don't. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. But um, yeah, the, the, the... Listeners of a certain age... But it's but what's interesting about it is that whether you remember it or not, whether you were sort of caught up in the scare or not, um, or whether you weren't even born and you just want to learn about the mm, history of it. It's still interesting. It's an interesting documentary. It's like archival footage about, you know, how people were rea- reacting to, oh, no, the world's going to end on well, New I Year's mean, Eve I, or I New Year's 2000. I always assumed that the Y2K bug... Um, obviously, like, I guess spoilers, but it's not really, it's like a... Oh, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen, I guess. Although, like, well, it might have, cause yeah. considering the reality that we live in. Um, so I guess just spoiler warning, just in case, but like, you know. It's history. It's, interesting. it's history. Um, I didn't realize, like, I would, I mostly assumed that the Y2K bug was just kind of like over nothing. And I didn't realize the amount of work people actually put into updating but computer systems. True. Like, they go through that in the movie, like, the amount of work and effort people went into, say, correcting, like, the time and date yeah. sort of systems. But, uh, also, I don't know, but, look, I think, everything would have been fine without yeah, them doing I, the that. Yeah, I think even if <laughs> yeah. they didn't, it's, like, probably would have been fine. But still, like, the amount of effort people actually... People believed in it hard. Yeah. And the, they spent billions of dollars... Trying to yeah, there was a presidential um, overseer like person (laughs) who was yeah, yeah. but it was just it's also it's also a good look like a nostalgia look back at like the pre nine eleven like late nineties. It's like at least the vibe was different. (laughs) It's it's like at at least what the documentary uh, presents. You know, obviously this is not the whole picture of the whole world at the time, but it's like optimistic about technology. And yeah, like, definitely. wow, you know, webcams were new and it's like, wow. Yeah. And I it's think, just like... I think as we're watching it, we were talking about how much hope and kind yeah. of almost the internet, optimism. The internet hadn't become the horror show that it is yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was just kind of this... People seemed so... Like, and I know there are kind people everywhere, 
But everyone just seems a lot more tolerant of other human beings in their general vicinity. I think Look, social I, media and anonymity um, made it very easy that's, for people it's to It's definitely changed things. Because I, I think there's look, less social anxiety that, that comes also, through. Also, people are going to be look, nice on camera. Yeah, also, <laughs> keep it. Keep in mind, this is just a documentary about yeah, yeah, yeah. this time and this place and this topic. So, obviously, a lot of horrible, horrible stuff was happening at the time as well. Yeah. And but yeah, I'm just saying, in the documentary... In the documentary, it was fun to see just people getting along and being like, wow, yeah. isn't technology great? This is going to be so yeah. great for our kids and so on. Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the documentary is really entertaining. We didn't get to see it at the cinema, but it was good that we got and to... it was an HBO documentary. Really made us feel privileged. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess any studio or <laughs> yeah. network. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Um, we have access. Um, but yeah, it, when, when this does come out, uh, I assume it will eventually go to streaming because HBO is behind it. it. It's, a, actually, fun, yeah, it's a fun watch. Definitely check it out. It's not very long and it's like... Yeah, whether you know about the Y2K bug or the the phenomenon or whatever, the panic, whether you know about it or not, like it's a f- hmm. interesting. It's look. an interesting look back at it, and it's also a, a fun little time capsule. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a specific point in history. Yeah, um, I guess it will come to binge, I assume, in Australia. It's so who knows what the it's, how it's, things are, but yeah, it's it's interesting though because there's almost an element of like I mean there is an element of apocalypse about it, which I think is really interesting when you get into that subject of. The hoarders and yeah, the, the preppers, um, the preppers, yeah, mm. which is you know, and all these people spending their life. Some people spending their life savings to prepare for mm. Y2K, mm. which we can know, you know, watching now, we know it didn't happen. Mm. So what happened to those people? Like you that know, would you be know an, that would be show, an like, interesting like you know the sequel TV show Seven or Up, spin-off Seven Up. Uh, it was like a British show where like they took some yeah. kids when they were seven. Oh yes, 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 and yes. And yes, they they yeah. visit them every like, seven years yeah. or whatever yeah. they go. I want like a version of that with this documentary. It's like where were they in two thousand and eight? That's one thing. Where were they in? That's one thing they didn't really focus on is, is like interviewing people because there's it's more like it's mostly it's I think entirely archival footage. Yeah, which is. Good in a way because it's like a, that time capsule Preserves of like it. this is all yeah. footage from the actual time. There's yeah. no talking head like looking back on it. No, yeah. But yeah, that would be interesting to like someone who was fully invested in it and who spent all their life savings and who potentially ruined yeah. their life. What happened? Yeah, what happened to them? Even like what happened to the Y2K czar? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably public knowledge. You could probably look him up. Yeah, but, but it's, it's like, just where are the, some of these yeah. interesting? That would be a different documentary. I guess they could do. I mean. I wouldn't want them to do a series, but that's something no. they could, you know, uh, Yeah, that's interesting as well. Just a really good quality documentary. I think people should check it out if it's made available yeah, at some point. Definitely. Uh, it'll be on, I'm just, actually, it's HBO. It'll be available we, at some point. We, hopefully. We, yeah, yeah, we, we said it, um, hopefully it'll be on streaming binge. soon, um, yeah. Also, it was a nice, during our viewing schedule, this was a nice change of pace as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a different. Also, um, something different, something Was this our lighter. first documentary? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it also gave us we we because because we had obviously limited you know time and movies we could see like I was just like let's ignore the documentaries not that documentaries there's anything wrong with them but it's like let's focus on like the cool yeah narrative films that we vibe with yeah um but yeah then it's it was good that we had the chance yeah. to see documentaries yeah. as well one unexpected benefit from this film is it gave us a good New Year's idea plan. Uh, so oh, we Kenny found G? out that uh, uh, yeah, on CNN I think it was in New York, uh, in Times Square, mm. 
uh, as the as the countdown ball yeah. hit midnight or whatever, Kenny G played his jazz music. Yeah. So we thought, what a wonderful way to ring in the new year. Yeah. So I I made a note for New Year's Eve this yeah. year. It's Kenny like play G. Kenny G, Old Lang Syne. <laughs> I had midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, the next movie we saw, one of my most anticipated films, I mm. think, uh, Michael Cera's The Adults. Well, Michael Cera starring in... Yes, yeah, Michael Cera's... Yeah, yeah. He didn't... Uh, yeah, so before that, we'll... Because so we had to go in the city early because that day we had like a double feature. We had The Adults at the Forum and then we had Conan at the Hoyts at Melbourne Central. And it's just like... We didn't really have time to eat. So, it's like, let's get in the city early, walk around, find a place to eat, and then we'll go watch the first movie. We're walking around, walking around, going to all these places. We were so early. Most of them weren't even open for mm. dinner yet. Going around and we had, a, there was a little cafe. It was like, let's go there. Oh, let's keep, we kept walking down. And then we're walking back around to that cafe and we walked past, uh, Bell's Hot Chicken on yeah. New Flinders yeah, Street. What a good choice. Now, I've walked past this restaurant, I don't know how many times. And I was like, I have to go in there one day and never do. And this time we were about to walk past and we're like, you know what? Let's go in. It's chicken. How bad could it best, be? Yeah, yeah. Best decision we ever made <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> for, for the last what couple of What a cool weeks. restaurant. Yeah. You know? Um, and we met Alex later, and he was like, "Of course, it's good." And we're just like, "We didn't know." Yeah, yeah. but it's something that like but he's I, way more city versed. Yeah, he's always in the <laughs> yeah. city. But like, uh, like I've like I've been like I've been past yeah. it a lot, and I just always not ignored it. But it's like I'll go there next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, their but, music bangs. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So their chicken, dope. Their service, dope. But their playlist... They encouraged our problem drinking. <laughs> well, yeah. But their playlist, their music playlist, oh my God. Yeah. Top it 10. Was, I was just like shazamming, writing everything. Like, it was like funky kind of... Yeah, like chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah funky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, just sort of chuck that in because that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And they ha- you can you can listen to their radio on your phones at home. Yeah. What is it? Bell's Hot Radio? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a live stream. Or, <laughs> so that's all I, we were listening to, to <laughs> yeah. and from Miff for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we saw The Adults, which again, we tried not to know anything going into these films, but this one, and we knew it was like a dramedy with Michael Cera. Also, basically. this one it was going viral a little bit as well at the time. Like there were gifs and stuff. I know, like yeah. I know Callum ruined, yeah. almost ruined something for me. Yeah. Because yeah. he saw it. Um, yeah, I won't repeat that. Yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, we didn't really know anything about it, but we know Michael Cera, Dramedy, let's go see it. But also there was a buzz on the internet. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, and we saw it and we all loved it. Uh, I don't really want to say anything about it. It has the right kind of comedy that we enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Noah Bombackian in a sort way. Sort of, yeah. It has those kinds of... It's like family, family drama... Family but drama, funny, comedy vibes, but also sad, character-driven, and cringe. <laughs> a little Lots bit. of cringe, like UK office levels of <laughs> yeah. squirming, but nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah. a lot of nervous laughter. But oh yeah, after seeing it, 
I wanted to know how much of it was improvised because I feel like that's a large part of it. Uh, probably a fair bit because yeah. there's like dancing, improvis- what looks to be almost improvisational dancing and kind of... No, like, that was choreographed, yeah, but, uh, surely, because they all... No, yeah, I think those... But I, I think... because the, so, There are so, certain jokes that are fuel improvised. With, yeah, without giving too much away, it's about three adult siblings who sort of haven't seen each other in a while and sort of reunite uh, in their hometown... And it's just about them sort of trying to get along, trying to... And Michael Sarah's character is always just kind of like, oh, yeah, i got to go back home, you know, trying to get out of it. And I think the relationship feels... They... D- it feels genuine because they're joking with each other and they have yeah. their inside jokes. And that it's, makes it, it funnier because it's not a broad sense of humor. It's very specific to that family. And and a lot of they the- seem to have their own, like, internal... yeah. And a lot of the jokes and kind of we'll call them routines are also almost barriers as well. So they're kind of really prevalent. They're to ways the outside, to yeah. Is- but but that's what I appreciate about it is because us three in this room have our own in jokes that if we started to say to other people or said on air, they would be like, "You're crazy! What the hell are you talking about?" Just the same way, well, yeah. me and my family have our own little in jokes and quotes we like to yell out at each other and songs we like to sing. Whereas if we did that in public, people would be like, these people are crazy. And that's a large part of this movie is like when you do that sibling thing of like you have your own sort of in-joke or movie quote that you yell at each other, but other people are around or you try to do it to another person, it's the most cringiest thing ever and also the most funniest thing ever. So that's this movie. It's got that Noah Baumbach kind of drama, comedy drama but improv improv-y kind of but it doesn't feel broad it's not a it's yeah. not a Judd Apatow comedy where it's like gross and whatever it's a very small and yeah, quiet yeah. and it's about this it's just about these these it, siblings and it's a very good time yeah we all liked oh, it a lot oh, I'd say yeah. The Adults is probably another one who, in my top five somewhere who directed this one uh, The Adults very funny full of heart Mm. Uh, definitely a. Uh, I'd go to watch it again if it came out. It was directed by Dustin, the guy yeah, local Defa. Yeah, written and directed by Dustin Guy Defa. Defa? 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 I don't know. Careful, don't swear on the air, James. Defa? My- <laughs> 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 well, my fingers. Defa, did you say? <laughs> yeah, my, my fingers near the dumb button. <laughs> um, Michael Serra is at this point one of the unparalleled masters so, of deadpan. I, I think also because Michael Serra. A lot of people probably think of him as the super bad kind of sort of Judd Apatow-esque yeah. kind of American. But I think he's he in the last few years, he's done mostly just weird, interesting things. Yeah. And this is more part of that, where it's yeah. not just a dumb uh, I mean, American he, No, but like comedy. he can't escape the type of comedy that I guess is associated with him altogether because he's so good at it. No, but that's he, he's <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. still he's still a silly, <laughs> yeah. funny guy, and obviously that comes across Awkward in his movie. Comedy, but this yeah. movie isn't a broad American. Yeah, no, no, no. it's not like out. a mainstream exactly, comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is people it's still might, an indie film in a sense. Yeah, but people might see him and go, "I know what the movie this is," but you don't know. I watched yeah. um. I don't think I think it's a GQ or Variety or something. You know they have those videos on YouTube. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. A guy goes back through his career and looks at all these movies. Yeah, and he was talking about that very thing where he's like, um, on the like he said like, 
a movie like The Adults is very hard to make because everyone expects you to make a movie well, like it's the, same uh, super the Avengers yeah. and uh, well, but it's also like the same with like Jonah Hill it's like everyone's like he's the funny fat guy yeah. and then he lost weight and it's like he's the funny skinny guy and it's just like he's it's like yeah. it's hard to escape yeah no, he, he's just talking from a filmmaking perspective. He's like... They don't sell as, they much don't, as well anymore. He's oh, like, it's just yeah, harder yeah. to make 100%. movies like the adults now because yeah. well, basically there's no mainstream... There's we've very talk- little mainstream comedies we've coming out. We've talked about it a million times. Yeah. yeah like, it's it, like this, they're all the... They're in, well, they're, you heard about, Netflix um, is a dumping ground for I mean, them. Yeah. Case in point, right. You heard about the movie Bottoms? Yeah, I wanted to that see cost, that. That cost $11 million to make. Mm. It's only grossed $4 million. Mm. It's tanking at the moment. Yeah. So I think that's what that's I think that's I, what Michael Sarah is probably getting at is that it's, it's also not, comedies are a risky proposition at the moment. Yeah. Because it's not what the system's set up for. Right? Yeah. All the studios also, just want the hundred million dollar action. Yeah. Exactly. Now. But it's just like I want to go see bombs, but I haven't had time. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to save money. And a lot of the time and these so, days they don't get the wide release anyway, so you have exactly, to go out of your way exactly. to travel as well. Yeah. So it, it's like it's it's also sometimes hard. I think we've talked about on the show. It's hard to support some of these films sometimes where it's like, and I, I understand when people just want to go out to see the big movies because that's what you see on the big screen. But I think we're at a point now, which we've talked about many times on the show, the big movies that we want to see is stuff like Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, Spider-Verse. Barbie. And Barbie too. Actual good films yeah. where they, yeah. you can see the budget and you can see the talent and you can see that it's not... Marvel movies, as much as I like Marvel, we I don't go to see. Do without. We yeah. don't go see. <laughs> yeah. We don't go to the cinema to see those anymore. They're not worth it on the big no. screen. So like movies, they're big, like flashy, the- but you can watch them on Disney Plus. Exactly. It's a, who cares? So if you get the chance, please go out of your way and see the adults if it comes. And to the, the adults cinema. is a different thing. It's just, yeah. just it's a smaller indie yeah. film. But yeah, movies like Scrapper it. and the Adults. You kind yeah. of. But all these films we've talked about yeah, it's like are worth are worth seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So we went from the ha-has. Yeah. And we went to... To the... What? The Def- chin... What, the Defar? chin stroking... Oh, we, we went from the ha We went to, the- to Dustin <laughs> Guy Defar <laughs> to Defar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the movie, at the end of Conan, I was just in the thinker pose. Yeah. You know, we went like, from ha-ha to ho-ho. Ho-ho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A very so French movie. this is the weirdest double feature we, we did at <laughs> yeah. Myth, but also maybe that we ever done... Ever will um, do. Yeah. So we saw a very strange uh, black and white, mostly black and white. French reinterpretation of yeah. Conan. So very loose. Very, <laughs> very, very, guess, very loose it, reinterpretation of Conan the Barbarian, but with like fe- a female Conan and mostly female characters. And that's not yeah. to say that it's not like it's not a female Conan in the strictly the sense that it's an adaptation of. No. It's a woman who calls herself a barbarian that happens to be named Conan, and that's kind of it's, the only link. Really. There's a sword at one point. Yeah. That's at not one, important. At one point. Yeah. 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 It's not. And there's a woman called Sonia. Yeah. Which is like a wink yeah. to the sword and sorcery fans. Yeah. It's not. Not really an adaptation of Conan in any way. It's, it's less, just it's using less, using Conan the Barbarian as a stepping as a, point, as a launch pad for yeah, crazy to do a weird, weird stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we finished and we turned to each other. and It's like it's very French, yeah. <laughs> very weird, very French. So the, the story is very chaotically told. Yeah, it's not um, conventional in any. No, there's sense. there's nothing conventional about it. The the character the actor who plays conan uh, actually changes depending on the age during the yeah, story yeah so as she ages it's played um, by different which is actors. fine 
but it, it also changes time periods and it's like worlds basically yeah uh, it, it takes place over multiple different they're interpretations just, yeah, of the world yeah at first they're in a fantasy history. world and then like now we're in Brooklyn in the 90s and, and then, now we're here now we're in yeah. the future and it's just like um, and it very culminates it, like I I'm not going to recount the events because I yeah, think no. if you do watch it, go in blind because it's... In, anyway, I can't understand it anyway, so good yeah, luck. Yeah, go in blind, but also go in knowing this is a very weird, very yeah, arty... If you look, if you're like me, you're excited to see some old-fashioned sword and sorcery, this movie is not for you. Yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I, was, I, I liked it anyway. Yeah, it's still, I, um, still a good time. The most interesting character to me was the demon character... Uh, Which demon? Rain- Rainier? Rainier? Oh, the dog. Yeah. 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 Dog man. Um, that's yeah. what demons look like, apparently, in the Conan universe. Is that what they said? Yeah, they're demons. Well, okay. I don't... Th- I, I think... think it, no, no, no. Without like, going into spoilers, I don't want to say I, what it, I think the character is. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's more than one. Um, yeah. And they, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, the, they were the most interesting part. I think that was cool. Mm. Um, the magical, you know, foil or whatever. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's an it, interesting movie. It culminates in visually, the most bizarre banquet you'll ever see. On I'm glad oh, yeah. we ate before. Visually, yeah, I was hungry. Vi- after visually, that. it was really cool and really weird. Um, and also the sound, <laughs> yeah, well, very French. It's French yeah. I, I think I think we saw it with Alex, and he was like, "There wasn't enough wine," and I was like, "No, weren't they just drinking wine?" At he the didn't end know and was, He didn't know it was French until he said, "Oh down yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, they should have had, instead of swords, they should have had baguettes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, visually it was really cool, really unconventional. And also the soundtrack was really cool, like this weird metal, industrial, weird. Um, the, it kind of drags in the middle, but overall, st- like, enjoyable. Even though I had no idea what was going on, and I'm not really sure what it's about. I'm glad yeah, we you just saw it on the big it's a screen. Visual, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, you just got to sit down and hold the let hold it happen. To the seat. This yeah, is, strap yourself in and feel the not, G's. Again, this is yeah. This is not a conventional film, but it's an experience. Yeah, definitely. So this is a movie where you have to kind of just let it wash over you. Again, I don't know how much I would have enjoyed it if I was watching it on the TV and I could distract myself with other things. Well, right? you but you get distracted easier I do, than I, I do. do. Whereas I, I would true, I would yeah. definitely be like I'm locked in. Your attention span is uh, better than yeah. ours. Um, but watching this in the cinema is probably the perfect place to watch it. If you have attention difficulties, yeah, um, I will. Well, say, that's the best way to watch any movie. If yeah, you have, especially you a have, movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> Quick correction: Rain is not a demon. They're categorized in the film as a hellhound, but they have magical okay. powers. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. I was just like, it's I don't the remember adjacent that. Thing. But yeah, the movie's weird and it doesn't make sense. So uh, that doesn't matter. What, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was written and directed by Bertrand Mandico. So I don't. Yeah. Th- I haven't seen any of his other yeah. films. But what was your favorite section of the film, just in terms of scenery and such? Yeah. Without going into spoilers, yeah. the yeah. end, the end banquet, quote unquote, yeah. was pretty cool. That was the most in its extreme, own gross yeah. way. Um, and also, like, the opening sor- sorcery section is the most that's Conan-esque vert. So, it's like, yeah. that's the... I think I the, the middle the, in Brooklyn dragged, I think, I a also, bit. I also... I liked the intermission the intermission parts the most. Yeah? Like, where the, you, you see the... I guess the future in the crystal... Oh, the old lady, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That, that was cool. That was, like, the future that's sequence. That's, like, the, the way they weave the story together, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Because it's kind of vignettes. They are, they yeah. They tie together and through Rain- one And is, like, the... Scene. Not the, the narrator. Binds it all together. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like going across. The one who can travel through the different yeah. vignettes. But it's like pretty much every character is played by a woman in the movie. So there's yeah. not a lot of 
like even the male characters are sometimes playing by. So that was is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, really weird. It was really cool. I like I said after we'd seen it, this is a movie where I'd be interested to look at bonus features if it ever came out. Yeah. I don't know if they would include bonus features with this film. Yeah, I don't know how much. I'd, they I'd love would. what kind of what kind of deluxe edition accessories I, I do want to know I, I'm curious just to see technically like how they yeah. shot it like the lenses because it's kind of a weird <laughs> uh, looking movie so what would they throw in the deluxe edition of, of a collector's set oh with like trinkets and yeah. stuff oh <laughs> Ooh. that's a weird one to think yeah. about I'm not sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no real important object I mean, in the I'll movie I'll take a little it? figurine of the car or something yeah. Yeah, some little action figures might be interesting. <laughs> Rainier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rainier with uh, flash photography. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, camera. If it's an expensive set, Rainier's jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's another thing about the this movie is time, really nice. time means nothing. So even yeah, yeah. though it's like, yeah, we say it's based on kind of, it's not a fantasy, it's not a sci-fi, it's not a contemporary, it's, it's like... It's art film. It's yeah. an art, yeah. yeah. It's French. Yeah, and it's, it's French. Yeah. Genre, French. Yeah. <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do go watch it if you get the opportunity. If you like weird movies. Uh, it's probably not gonna And you're not huge... <laughs> if you and you're not squirmish. Yeah. I can't or... imagine it would get a hugely wide release. No, no, definitely. Um, but uh, check it out on streaming, which it hopefully will end up somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? It might end up on Tubi or something like that. <laughs> I don't think it's that type of movie. No. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll be right back after this quick break. Yeah, we're back on the Tuesday review talking our MIF twenty twenty three experience. Um, so after Conan, Conan, our next movie was Earthwarmer. Now, Callum had given up. He was very at this sick. point. Uh, yeah, Giving at this up point, is, is phrasing it a certain way. Yeah, so Callum at, was sick. W- w- th- we're like more than a week in. It's what our one, two, three, uh, we're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It's like our fourteenth movie, roughly. Oh, that's probably wrong, but it's like yeah, we're like. We're more, almost more than a, yeah more than a, more than yeah we're pretty much almost done um and Callum tapped out is just like I'm too sick to come I couldn't help I was, I was terribly sick. <laughs> yeah and I uh, and so we got my friend Ed to take the ticket and uh, we went and we saw, saw Earth Mama which again another movie I didn't really know anything about uh, I think I had seen part of we'd, a trailer we'd, or we'd, i'd seen some images and i heard some buzz that it was good this is one of the movies that they showed pretty much every time with the myth pre oh yeah when they do the pre-roll like opening uh thing about like other movies playing at myth and like director uh introductions they would play this a lot so we saw a trailer pretty much every time we but saw it was that movie. wasn't but really it a trailer a, it was like that a was tease, just like yeah. the director introducing the, like her yeah and you saw little clips yeah, but nothing really, no, no. yeah. So we had an idea about what it was about because she introduced the film. In the sort of, yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly we... being about Gia. Yeah, we, we, we didn't really know anything about it. We saw this at the Capitol. Um, we went in. Um, <laughs> and we were like, and there's a director. <laughs> we didn't realize yeah, she was yeah. there for so, Q&A. So she was there for Q&A, but before the movie, you could see her sitting at the front. We're like, I think that's the director. Um and she introduced the film, and then we watched the movie. Did you go up and be like, hey, what's up? Do you want to talk to the guy? We were the vibe, about to. The vibe was We wrong. were about to, but the vibe was I wrong. I think we talked about this last week. 
the no, vibe, no, we, yeah, the the vibe the was right the, with the with vibe biosphere. was right with biosphere. Yeah, the vibe was wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we would have yeah. come but, across the way. We yeah, did. yeah, but yeah, yeah, I but understand. so the movie finishes, and I turned to Ed and Nathan, and I'm like, big thumbs up. That was really good. Yeah, and I said, I'm like, I'm really disappointed. Callum didn't get to see that one because I think that Earth Mama is also one that's up there. It's you know, good. It's hard to we've I talked about it last week. It's hard to rank these films yeah. or say which ones. They're all good, but that I thought it was really good. Um, without and it was at a twenty four. Yes. Yeah. So that at this point, when it's a twenty four, you know you're going to get even if you don't like the movie, you know you're going to get Some a decent, certain yeah. decent movie that's not you know a waste of time. A24 is pumping them out now. Yeah, and now, by the, by the and now, the king, a week. Yeah. now they're the kings of the world. Or the <laughs> kings it. of the, Yeah, so, but yeah, Earth Mama, uh, di- written, directed by Savannah Leaf, who uh, she talked, to, she had a Q&A afterwards, which was really good, really informative about how she came up with the film and whatever, and how it's personal to her experience growing up in America and whatever. And without giving too much away, it's about a young mother named Gia living in the Bay in the Bay Area uh in like near San Francisco where Savannah is from um and it's like her struggle like she has two kids in foster care and another baby on the way and it's basically like it's about the struggles of the system the system yeah the American healthcare system is awful the American everything system is awful uh, and how black people are treated is awful, and how poor people are treated is awful. And it's, it's a movie almost about, like, we'd say it's movie, obviously, it has a, a focus on, we'll say, the African American experience, but it's yeah, a large movie about poverty. Poverty, yeah, and just the way, like, systematic problems, not just systematic racism, but just how, you know, you're set up to fail. And, but it's just like this kind of. Like some of the movies we talked about earlier, you know, last week's episode, it's like quiet, slow. Um, I think it was shot on 16mm? 16mm film, yes. yeah. Uh, so it's got this nice, soft, grainy oh, look oh, to it's it. Pretty much as soon as it started, I'm just like, that's shot on film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can um, tell, it's like, it's hard for to after you explain, like, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? There's a difference Especially between... 16mm, it's extra soft and extra yeah. grainy. It's not... It's like, I can tell when it's digital and they've put a filter yeah, on, yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, it looks really nice. Um, you know, the act, a lot of the actors, uh, were like first time actors or non actors. And so it has this really authentic, you know, feel like people from their area. It it feels authentic because it is authentic. Yes. Right. Because it's like these people have at least lived or they have lived through someone else that experience, like at the opening of the movie, it's like. You can't walk in that, my shoes. That yeah, and that woman was yeah, actually in, the in a real documentary that Savannah Leaf had made previous yeah, to this feature. Yeah, um, and the, that's kind of the the message of the whole movie. Basically, is you can't walk in my shoes. You don't know what it's like to be me. But you can walk beside me. You can hold my you hand. You can help me. Yeah, but you can't be me. Yeah, you'll never and know so like, exactly what it's like. Kind of the viewer is almost that person walking beside Gia. Yeah. Unable to help her or you can sympathize change with her, her path. You can yeah. sympathize with her, but ultimately you're just at the end of the way. day, you yeah. can't make the hard decision she has to make. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can Good judge, and bad. you can judge her if you want, but that's yeah. on you, whatever. Yeah. Good and bad. And yeah. the movie kind of, 
It doesn't hold your hand in that way. It's, no, I really liked how the movie, not to spoil it, but it doesn't have, there's no simple answer. There's no deus ex yeah. machina moment. There's no white savior. There's no yeah. There's, uh, it's just yeah. Come it, to it, God moment. There's but this is life. It's in just her this community. is li- yeah, yeah. This is life. This is what happens in her community to people like her, and this is what she had to deal with. And you just watch her. Yeah, try to overcome her it. struggles. And again, stylistically, it's very nice looking. It has and some nice sounding. Even some surprising body horror moments for fans. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we'll say because that's that's, that's misleading that and I don't want to spoil anything. But it's also not misleading, man. It's a little no, no. It is misleading because <laughs> yeah. you say that and people are going to be like, "What is this movie?" <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, gives, also, the soundtrack gives birth to um, the Earth. Yeah, that's why it's called Earth Mama. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a mother <laughs> imitator. The director's name is Savannah Leaf. Like, she's she's a, like a forest yeah. I'm assuming spirit. This movie, okay, as, as I was sick at the time. I'm assuming this is like Mother by no, Aronofsky. No, no, no. No, no, no. no nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> nothing no, no, no. like The that. movie is firmly... It's very straight. Uh, the movie is, okay, no, I know yeah. it's not. I know it's not. The movie They're, is firmly yeah. grounded in reality. Once you see it, you'll know what Nathan's talking about. Yeah. But I don't want to say anything no, that, else about it's it like, to mislead The movie is firmly grounded in reality and it is not a body horror movie. No, no. But there may there be is elements maybe of that. one or two, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, really good movie, really nice looking, really nice sounding. There were some shots. They also, the director talked about in the Q and A of how you know they did a lot of long takes and you know one shot, you know, kind of just moving and like obviously for necessity is the mother act- invention. Yeah, but also certain actors, it's like their first time, and mm, so like the and, children and yeah, yeah, especially with the kids. So. And it just looked really good. And um, Savannah Leaf is one to watch. Definitely her next. This is her first feature film. So her next uh, movie is highly anticipated. Yeah. Again, you know what? Like, this is what we like to see. A smaller movie where it's like you've only got... You haven't got $100 million to fix your mistakes. But also, like... like, Yeah, I don't have to be a perfectionist. Yeah, but also, it's like... It's not that there were mistakes that needed to be fixed. No, that's not It's just like they they shot it in a specific way. And she talked about, like, the DOP knew what he was doing. and She had experienced talent around her. Yeah. Um, And also, she's talented herself. And so, you know, that's why A24 has the A24 stamp of approval because it's like... But I guess what I mean is there's no reason, like, there's no need for this movie to have had, you know, 10,000 reshoots and, like... No. You don't need that. I'm not saying the movie's not perfect. I'm not saying the movie, like, is or isn't perfect. But it's like there's that kind of thing of, like, let's do it once. It didn't need a fake... Yeah, it didn't need a fake Hollywood polish because they knew what they were doing. They had limited time and resources, but they did it really well. But again, sometimes that pressure um, yeah. produces the diamonds. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, great movie. Probably one of the best of the festival. But again, it's hard to to say that with all these movies. So, the next movie, again, Callum was still sick yeah. for. Yeah, Callum's um, like, can't do it. I managed to rope silent producer Christian in. Yeah. Now, so, even though he's a silent producer of our show, which is a pop culture movie discussion show... Silent produce he he's not very he's silent on this show but he's not very silent otherwise and he's also not really a producer yeah. but also he's not a very big movie guy like he doesn't really like movies no. doesn't he only goes to the movies because he wants to hang out like with the boys yeah. but otherwise but it was like we didn't want to waste the ticket so next movie we saw was Disco Boy back at the Kino and we're like all right silent producer Christian come um. And I think I liked this movie a lot more than Nathan did. I liked it. No, I liked it. I, I just, I wanted, so the movie is 
generally about, we'll say, um, the French Foreign Legion. It's about, yeah, it's like it, a... Just broad. Very right. Like, yeah. It's a Belarusian guy who, like, overstays his visa in Poland, skips over the border to France, and then joins the French Foreign Legion to become a French citizen. Because yeah. if you join the French Foreign Legion... If you do four or five, five years, five years of service... Uh, you get to become a full French citizen. And you get to change your name, do all that cool stuff. Yeah. It's great. I just, I I like this movie a lot. I just wanted there to be more about the French Foreign Legion. Well, as I, a I don't concept, think the movie is about, about that. that. I yeah. just wanted more of that. That stuff was cool and it was yeah. really well done. It was really well done. I want an entire movie about this guy's platoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that kind of, I really liked that. that. that then it becomes a war movie, which this yeah. is not a war movie. No, in, in, fact, in fact, that aspect of it is very small, I think. Yeah, but um, I really enjoyed... I like I like the concept of the French Foreign Legion, and I have, feel like we haven't really seen that much in cinema, at least in modern years. Yeah, there's a bunch of old movies. I think there's there's like a Van Damme movie in the '90s. There might be other like more good modern movies, movies <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But there, there might be some, but yeah, yeah I, I'm not um, that familiar. But yeah. but yeah, it was a good film. Um, no, I liked. It. I really liked it. It's like really stylish, um, kind of. Um, neony purpley kind of uh visuals um and most importantly soundtrack was dope yeah so electronic is it vitalic or he's a french french like electronic artist vitalic or is it vitalic because i guess it's french i think it's vitalic 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 we'll say vitalic because it's you know but yeah so he did the soundtrack it's this really cool synthy um electronic score um, and so that's what I was really vibing with every track. And as soon as it finished, I went online and I saved the soundtrack. And, I, and now I was listening to that, you know, all all the time after. So yeah, it's a really cool, stylish movie. Um, written and directed by uh, Giacomo Abruzzese. Um, he's an Italian director, but it's a French language film starring a. Is he a Polish guy or is he? Uh, but this one, it's, um, he's German. Oh, he's born in Germany, yeah. France, uh, Franz Rogowski. Yeah. So, but it's an interesting kind of European vibe, you know, that, and then his character, you know, joins the French Foreign Legion so he can come, become a French citizen. And it's, it's about him kind of finding himself and, you know, getting embroiled in violence while fighting overseas and in Africa and how that affects him. And then he gets kind of embroiled in the kind of club scene in Paris and it's mostly a vibe movie there's not a lot of exposition or not heaps of dialogue it's just like following this guy and you know getting a sense of like how he's dealing with certain trauma and certain aspects to his immigrant journey if you want to call it that I don't know if that's you know the best term um, but yeah, I, my only problem with it is that it, it leads up to a certain point and then it ends and I was like, oh, I feel like it's just getting going and I wanted another hour of like, what's he going to do now? Yeah. Um, but I think the movie said what it wanted to say and then was I just think, like, I think that's the other thing. I wanted drop. more of this. I wanted to see. Yeah. Don't end it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, cause I was like vibing to the music and it ends with this massive, um, kind of, I don't want to spoil it, but a music-centric scene. Yeah. 
Um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, nts, nts, and then it's like credits. And I was like, yeah. oh, I wanted to go for another hour. Uh, <laughs> James on, wasn't finished raving. That's yeah. It. I'm on the lead actor's um, filmography at the moment. He's got mm. some bangers coming out soon, some big films. He's making his way I into feel the like mainstream. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this is a type of movie where it got him noticed. Yeah. Because you know, the movie's centered on him, and it's a very what's the word reserved quiet performance yeah but he's got a presence like a he's, he's just like a skinny yeah. guy but he's got like a a certain presence to him so his next three movies are like major films so he's possibly yeah. broke out um this is this is an actor to watch mm. his next movie is called bird which is a, an a24 british drama okay which we don't know much about mm. then wizards which he um is co-starring alongside Pete Davidson. Cool. Huh, interesting. Yeah, um, an Australian-American film. Even more interesting. Yeah, uh, and then he's, a, he's in The Way of the Wind, which is an epic biblical drama. Cool. Huh. Written directed by Terence Malick. Oh, wow. So, so he's, he's on his I, way. I feel like, yeah, I think people probably saw him in this. and so catch him now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were like, oh, that guy's got something. Yeah, you know? and then you does. can see your friends be like, I liked him before. I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. liked him Have before. Have you seen Disco Boys? <laughs> I liked him before Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this one was cool. I th- I don't know if Callum would like it, but I think as no, much as... I think Callum would like as it. As much as all the other Myth movies, he yeah. would dig aspects of it at least. Yeah. You know, he, he would like... Uh, it as much as a lot of the other movies we've seen. I can't, I can't explain why, but it almost gives me Apocalypse Now vibes. It's definitely got those vibes, especially the war scenes. Yeah, like it's kind of just that kind of... It's from, that, what I, from what it's I've like, heard, it seems right that, up my alley. It's that yeah. Psych, yeah, psychedelic aspect to war where it's like, this is crazy yeah. and it's also a very stylish and movie. And it's just people trying to survive it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's also it's it's got that slow kind of... Yeah. meditative sort of aspect to it. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Disco Boy, no. The more I think about Disco Boy, the more I enjoy it. Was it was pretty cool. Yeah. And even Christian said he liked it. Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So, yeah. Um, what else we got? So, after so this... That was our last in-cinema screening. So, okay. that was like our, you know, the full two weeks... In and out of the city, in and out of the movie theater, a couple of screeners here and there at home, um, but mostly like just two weeks of watching movies at at the cinema at different cinemas, um, and so that was it was good to have a rest. Yeah. yeah. But it also meant like oh, back to work, back to the grind. Yeah. But luckily, myth doesn't end there. So myth has what the myth play. Myth play, yeah. yeah, which is their digital streaming. Service where criticism to Miff here. Mm. How do you have a streaming service which you're selling tickets, but you have limited availability? That yeah, I'm watching over the internet. That was don't annoying. say there's seats because I'm like <laughs> I'm like to you guys. I'm like oh we have to buy tickets for the Miff play because they have limited s- tickets. It's like what from it's, a business digital pers- streaming. Yeah. I don't have a business degree, James. Mm. None of us here have business degrees. No. But I would assume if you're Selling a product over the internet, which doesn't cost you any actual space. Yeah. It's the weirdest version of artificial scarcity I've ever heard. Yeah. You're selling streaming 
right? Which is free to you. Mm. Well, I guess you pay for upload bandwidth. And it's... Technically. But you're charging $20 or however much the ticket would cost, which will recoup the upload cost of your streaming. But... And it's, <laughs> Why it, it, it's, it, it's not, sell as many tickets as you can. Yeah, it's not like you're trying to hurry people up into buying tickets so that they like they don't miss the movie. It's like, but Myth Play only goes for a week after the two weeks of normal Myth, so it's like you still got a deadline of like you have to buy the tickets yeah. by the end of the week. So even though you don't have to worry about they're going to sell out by the end of the week, you still have to buy them yeah. in a time frame. Yeah. Like it's not. Oh, I've got two years. I can buy it anytime. It's like no, I got to buy them this week. So, so the fact that they limit the amount. But of, anyway, I, I, just wind noted on the record. Yeah, and it's probably not even their fault. It's probably something to do with the distri- yeah, distributors. But whoever whatever. makes this decision, more like yeah. dumb distributors. Dumb distributors. <laughs> yeah, whoever makes this decision needs to have a good hard think. Yeah. About what they're doing. Uh, whoever makes the decision, come on the show. We can talk about it, and you can you can <laughs> prove us position, wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> we've honestly know nothing. Um, yeah, so we finished our normal, you know, MIF screenings, and then we had uh, a week of MIF play, where you can buy digital tickets to a digital uh, streaming, and on the MIF play app, you can watch stream a movie to your television um, or your device, whatever you're watching on. So, our first movie was called The Tuba Thieves. Uh, Myth play movie was The Tuba Thieves. Which James which, liked. Okay. Yeah. So, here's, here's what's interesting. We're trying to pick what Myth play movie to watch. So, not every movie that played at Myth, like in cinema, is also at Myth play. So, it's not yep. a, if you missed it at Myth, <clears throat> yeah. you can watch it. Some of them do have crossover, but a lot of them is just like, you know, yeah. not. it's not all of them. So, there's a limited roster of movies. Um, and still there's a lot to choose from. So we're like, what should we do? You know, do we want to watch a really long movie? Do we want to watch a shorter movie? Whatever. Um, we're at home, but we still, it's still something, you know, we want to watch together and whatever. Um, so we're going through the list and I'm like, oh, this one sounds interesting. The Tuba Thieves. It sounds and cool on yeah, paper. And yeah, can yeah, you read yeah. the, I'll, I'll, I'll read the, um, My phone's not loading. Can you read the synopsis? Drawing upon her experience with hearing loss, specifically navigating... No, 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 no. This one, this one. Hang on. Let me see if I can get it up. Damn you, internet. I'll um, I'll get another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is great podcasting. Great radio. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Okay, we'll find it. Uh... Suffice it to say, uh, we obtained one of these. From 2011 to 2013, tubers were stolen from Los Angeles high schools. This is not a story about thieves or missing tubers. Instead, it asks what it means to listen. Yeah. So, we all agree. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And we thought it was a documentary because, you know, it's about... I mean, IMDb also has it listed as a documentary drama. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it is a docudrama, but it leans more heavily on the drama. But, yeah, we thought it was a documentary about this strange occurrence of these yeah. tubers getting stolen from high school band classes um and but even even the, the synopsis says it's not really about that um yeah. so we're like okay let's watch it's like it's, a, it's about uh, presumably it's about a community yeah you or I mean? yeah well you Where know tubers were stolen. exactly um and we all watched it and i was just like oh it's really good and you guys were like eh I, d- I didn't vibe with it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is a movie where you have to you have to like the vibes. Mm. 
Cause I was vibing with it. I, I didn't. I didn't vibe with it. So some of it was interesting, but I don't. Not, I just didn't pick it up. You not know to I mean? sound like a dick, but we just talked about a few minutes ago about attention spans and how no, you guys my attention lack. Was, my attention was there. Because no, were I you on your phone movie. the whole time? No, uh, no it was not like a, a long movie. Minute. No, no, it was a 90 minute movie. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to get it over. I'm going I'm to trust you. I'm going to believe no, you. Don't. We watched it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you have to because what's interesting, it's yeah, what's really yeah, interesting yeah. about the movie, it's not a conventional documentary. There is some documentary footage and... There's also like narrative kind of uh, fiction footage and it's all blended together where, where you're not really sure what's true, what's not. I mean, and the it, best part about the movie is that there's a guy called Nature Boy and I liked wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I just, but, I, I just I think, woo, Rick, get Ric Flair in there. I'm yeah, like, but, but, but what, I, uh, what I found interesting is that it's the director is uh i don't know if deaf but hard of hearing or whatever whatever the correct term is hearing impaired yeah and the movie is like mostly told through asl like american sign language and it's subtitled yeah so that's really but there's also a lot of it's a lot like the synopsis says about listening so there's a lot of sound in the movie and sounds and stuff but also you're watching a movie and it's like it's got descriptive... So, the subtitles are part of the... I did appreciate... They're not optional. Like, they're part of the experience. I did appreciate the decibel. Like, it's... The yeah. And I thought... That's why I really vibe with this movie. And I'll say it. I think it might be one of my favorites of the whole festival. Because I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. It's certainly unique. Yeah. It's just like a movie where it's like... It's very, like, atmospheric. You're just listening to sounds. Because a lot of the time, the characters are talking. But with their hands not with their mouths and so the sound is just of the environment and you've got the subtitles of what they're saying but then you can hear what's going on and then also it's got the audio description of what's happening in the soundscape and then it's got like a decibel level it's like this is how much this sounds and when the plane flies past this is how much i'm like this is really interesting yeah and you know it's a you know meanwhile it's got like the tube is being stolen um, which actually happened, I guess. Which is, actually, no, the but, best part of the movie... Which is, pun intended, background noise. <laughs> yeah. The best part of the movie... But, no, I take that back. The best part of the movie is the fact that they talk about how great Prince was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I thought you guys would like this. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's part of the background of it. But then you've got these characters, you know, going about their lives. Um, and it's all like, you know, they're like deaf characters talking to each other. It's like... I'm like, this is really interesting. And yeah, I don't know. I just vibed with it. Um, it's hard to explain without seeing you seeing it. It's it's a, yeah, it, you can't yeah, really. It's, like, not a, it's like a docudrama. Me, yeah. It's not a documentary, but it's also not a conventional like narrative film. Yeah. And it, there's not a real story or it's just like vibes and atmosphere and sound and subtitles and, and all the subtitles are color coded and, you know, they go in different points on the screen depending on what's happening. So I just thought it was an interesting yeah. movie that I hadn't really seen anything like that before. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, I, I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to see it at the actual cinema screening because apparently they had a Q and A with the filmmakers or people involved or you know in that community 
that was all in sign language, and then they had an interpreter. Like I was a, gonna say, I was gonna yeah, we've so got the most it, out of it's that. Like, who but it's like the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Usually, it's yeah. a voice uh, spoken yeah, Q and A, yeah. and then there might be a sign yeah. language interpreter. But this is the opposite. So it was just interesting to get a yeah pick, uh, glimpse into that world. I can that appreciate that. Where you know, we're, we're not really, yeah. don't we're know much about. Look, we're obviously doing audio-based program. We're exactly. Not part of that, yeah. um, we're uh, not part of that experience. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought, it, I, th- I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to see that uh, actually uh, live Q&A. It's like of seeing, yeah, uh, you know, the sign language and then getting a translator for us. You know, it's, it's yeah. like the opposite. It was that's interesting. But yeah, interesting movie. But yeah, like you, uh, like out yeah. of all the hits we had, Eventually, there must have been what well, must have been, but personally, it wasn't a bad film. I just wasn't picking up what was putting down. Yeah. You know what I mean? But personally, I was like, I think this is one of the best ones. So I'm still on the streak of all myth good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, far, anyway. I think the the next or the next movie on myth play we got saw was it the one with the, fa- the jelly- it was the face of the jellyfish. The face of the jellyfish. That's like yeah. I enjoyed this a lot more. So this is interesting yeah. because I like this, but nowhere near as much as Tuba Thieves, whereas you guys were the opposite. Whereas yeah. like you guys were like, this is way better than Tuba yeah. Thieves. So you yeah. vibed with this movie. I vibed it was also movie. more conventional, <laughs> which helps. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say it's conventional. It's a pretty standard story. Like, Not really. It's very weird. Like there are, it's very yeah, short. The, One, it's very short. There are heaps of store novels where the person gets yeah, in the face. So, so it's an Argentinian film where... A, a woman basically wakes up and she has a different face than she did yeah. her whole it's, life. It's like, yeah, and like I just love that idea. It's like, yeah. how do you go existing but, when you look But I think different. what's unconventional about it, it's only like an hour and 15 minutes and there's no real conventional story. It's just her going about her life with now a different face. Yeah. You don't even see the transformation. You don't even no. see what she yeah, looked yeah, like yeah. before, except in some photos. And yeah. it's just about how people treat her and how she has... Uh, Changed as a person, even though we don't didn't know her before. Yeah. She starts doing her relationships things. are different. Yeah, and she behaves. Yeah. A, in a way but, that she wouldn't have. But previously. I think why why it's unconventional is that because it's so short and because it's like not really a a sort of plot driven story. There's also just a lot of nature shots and like trips to the aquarium for no reason. And like, here's a weird fish face. Yeah. And then there'll be bits of like, here's a photo, old photograph from the 1920s. Yeah. And here's what the face looked like. Yeah. And then here's it morphed into a monkey. And then here's yeah. the monkey's face morphed into... Yeah, it was into great. A- yeah, yeah, no, it was great, yeah. but it's not conventional. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, not conventional. I disagree a bit in terms of the story because I thought the story had a very solid beginning, middle and end. It, it was told in a linear fashion with some arty shots but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like, not. Uh, it, 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 it's it's vignetted in a unconventional style. So even though it's progressing in a linear fashion, it's told in a sort of episodic. Like here's a weird interlude with a gorilla, uh, you know, documentary footage. I guess. And so. then here's another scene of the woman as she goes about her life, and it is still the story of like you learn more about her, and she she does yeah. things that she wouldn't have done before. Which is a certain point which I won't spoil where I was like, oh, wow, she's not yeah. a great person. Yeah, but also yeah. it's like, does that, is this just because she changed her face and now she's like got a new lease on yeah. life? She's like, I can do whatever it I want. It kind of means that it, it's a movie about how much of you is based around what you look how like you and, look, other yeah. and how other people you. treat you. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's also an interesting movie because, <sighs> yeah, it, it's like... 
it's kind of about change, but it's like how much how much change do you put out into the world, and how much does the world change you? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, like her, her boyfriend, for example, doesn't care, but she cares more, which changes yeah. the dynamic in their relationship. Or maybe she cares that he doesn't care because yeah. it's like, well, why yeah. didn't she look uh, me? Yeah. But it's I think very Kafka. What's, yeah, what it's very kafka but what's also interesting is that it's not, it's very deadpan. Yeah. And it's very, it's funny in a very unfunny way. Yeah. Like I didn't yeah, laugh yeah, yeah, once. Yeah. But the whole time I was like, this is kind of funny. Yeah. That's it's true. that weird yeah. humor where it's just like it's because so like, deadpan. It's, 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 it's surreal. Stuff where, yeah. Because it's a surreal, absurd yeah, idea right. and they're scene, playing it sort of straight. straight yeah. There's a scene where like she'll go to a doctor's and be like, my face is different. And yeah. then... And they'll just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. It's just like, but she's like, like, what do I do? And they're like, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like there are, other, there are other black comedies or deadpan humor movies where it's much funnier, yeah. even yeah. though it's very dark and deadpan this is the most deadpan movie i've ever seen where it's like i didn't laugh once but also i'm like this, this is, is kind of a darkly funny there's a, movie there's a vein of humor running through it yeah definitely it's just the idea itself is just strange and yeah. kind of funny yeah all righty go see this one if you get a chance it is good it's only really well like seven now it is like an hour and 15 yeah. yeah yeah it's like a black mirror episode without the yeah technology. almost it's like a, it's like weird, a twilight zone yeah, it's like a weird yeah. art more arty yeah, um, we uh, we're out of time for the live portion of the show, but uh, we shall be back with more after this very quick break. You're back on the Tuesday review. Um, moving on, so we yeah. were just talking about the Tuba Thieves, which has divided, thieves. which has divided the studio. Yeah, and then Face of and Jellyfish. Then face of the Jellyfish. Yeah, um, and which we enjoyed a lot. More. Our last. Myth play movie was uh, Millennium Mambo. Did you guys end up watching this? No. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. So, this one's interesting because... So, this one's a 2001 Taiwanese film. Um, and I'd always heard of it. Millennium Mambo. Oh, I have to, it's a good movie. You have to watch it. It's an arty kind of weird movie. You have to watch it. And, you know, as a cinema lover, there are certain movies you hear about. It's like, one day I have to watch that. And I, I just never got around to it. Mm. Um, and it was playing at this year's MIF. There was a, rest- a restoration of it, um, but I couldn't fit it into our cinema screenings. And I wasn't even planning to watch it at MIF play because I'm like, it's an older movie. We should pick something new. You can and watch different. it elsewhere if you yeah. want to see. Yeah, but it's yeah. like we were getting right to the end of the week of the MIF play where you know, once you the tickets will no longer work. You got to pick the stream yeah. or no. And I was just like, you know what? Support a movie re- you want to see. I really want to watch this movie. And this is a good way to support it too. Yeah. Um, and now I can say I've finally seen it. Um, so it's by a uh, Taiwanese director, Ho Xiao Xian. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> Please um, correct us. Yeah. Um, and he's known for his kind of slow, contemplative, quiet, uh, Taiwanese new wave kind of, I think he kind of sort of started that movement. Um, and Millennium Mambo is uh, one of his most famous, if not his most famous movie. And it's, it's hard, it's like hard to explain. It's like a slice of life, a movie about a young woman living in, you know, Taipei, you know, in like 2000, 2001. And, it's just about her going about her life. She's young. Her boyfriend's a dropkick who doesn't have a job. And, you know, he's getting in trouble with the cops. 
and she's going to clubs and it's got it's got this really cool kind of early 2000s not 90s dance or late 90s dance music soundtrack which you know is up my alley um and it's very you know very long takes and it's just kind of the camera sits back and i'm assuming there's a lot of improv and characters just kind of interacting mm. and and it's just a slow kind of movie about her life and you know the stuff she deals with what's interesting though is that a few a couple months ago my friend david he went to taiwan and he came back and he he bought me a dvd from taiwan and it was by the same director um his his earlier film the boys from feng kuei uh, from 1983 which, oh wow so a bit of a difference yeah, between which which i guess is having its 40 year anniversary yeah. i guess coincidentally so but how yeah. many years that's a lot of years between films no, no, no. That wasn't his last film. Oh, right. I thought you that, meant like... That, one of his it was, it was a previous oh, movie right, he had right, made. Right, no, right. no, no, no. He, he's, made, he's been making yeah, movies yeah. since like yeah. the 70s. I thought it was like a gap between... No, no, no. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be really interesting. But yeah, I watched that uh, before I saw Millennium Mambo and was like, oh, this is an interesting sort of quiet, contemplative movie just about these young hoodlums getting into trouble and then they go to the big city and... And, you know, they try to get a job and, you know, the, there's no real story. It's just like a slice yeah. of life. These guys doing this thing. It's in the city. I don't think it was Taipei, but it was like a Taiwanese city. Um, you know, and they're going about that. They're getting in trouble. Um, As boys do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, this is an interesting movie. I can see why this is like a, a well-known sort of Taiwan, why it became a movement in Taiwan and why it sort of came about when it did and why the director... Um, you know, who's known for this. And then flash forward to Millennium Mamba, I'm like, oh, it's the same director. Cool. I, you know, I, I didn't put two and two together. Um, and yeah, it's got similar vibes. So he, I haven't seen any of his other movies, but assumedly this is the kind of movies he makes of just like no real story, just slice of life. Like here's people doing stuff. Here's let's follow them around. Um, you know, camera just kind of sits back and lets things happen. Which kind is of the way very, we like very it. real, <laughs> yeah. yeah, real documentary like, um, yeah. So that was an interesting experience. So I'm glad I finally got to watch Millennium Mambo because it's been on my watch list. Is that a movie focused on the turn of the millennium? What's not it? really because it came out in 2001 and it's like sort of set in 2001. Okay. Um, and so, it's yeah, the main character is like looking back on her life. In yeah. So it's like yes, it's that era, but there's no. Real direct yeah. connection. Yeah, it's not, it's not like nineteen ninety. It's not December yeah. nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's that. More like Strange Days with that solid connection. Yeah, it's just like it's just that era, that turn of the century, turn of the millennium. Um, just that kind of vibe, which you know. Yeah. It's cool. It is cool, cool. vibes. Mostly a vibes movie. Yeah. But we like vibe movies. Yeah. I don't know if you guys like it, but I think you'd appreciate some of it. Yeah. Mm. Oh look, I appreciate good filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our final myth play movie. So that was our 19 movies that we, we mentioned last week. Um, and then we still got a couple of screeners that we, we were lucky enough to get access to in our capacity as the Tuesday review. And I was like, you know what, before our myth part two episode, uh, I'm going to sneak one more in. So did you guys watch this Tommy guns? No. No. Okay. So Tommy guns was one I really wanted to see at the cinema in our normal <laughs> myth yeah. run. And I just couldn't fit it in, couldn't fit yeah. it in. I, at one point it was on there, then I had to take it off. At another point I had to put, put it back and then take it off again. 
and I was disappointed that I didn't get to see it. Um, and I don't think it was playing at Miff Play. And so luckily we were, we were given a, a screener, so I was able to watch it. And this one, I really liked it. I think you guys might really like this one. So I think you should watch it if you get a chance. Um, without giving too much away. Written and directed by Carlos Conquechao. Yeah, it's, uh, like I apologize it's, yeah, it's for my pronunciation. Portuguese. Who directed Faces of Jellyfish? We didn't talk about them. I shall have a look. Yeah, um, yeah Tommy Guns, I don't really want to give her away, but it's basically about young soldiers, well, young Portuguese soldiers and African colonialism. Fine. And so it's got vibes of Disco Boy. I think, Nathan, if you watch it, you'll definitely see parallels with Disco Boy. Yes. But it's very it's also very different from Disco Boy. Um and it's not a conventional movie in the sense of like a drama about the Portuguese colonialism of Ang- Angola. It's more like the first half an hour happens and then the title card comes up and then the rest of the movie happens and it's just like oh I didn't know that was this kind of movie. Yeah. So it kind of change. It gives you a little setup at the beginning. You think it's one kind of movie, soldiers in the in the seventies and in, in Ang- Portuguese soldiers in in Angola in the seventies, and then it cuts to, uh, you know, m- other young soldiers in training, and you know you're not really sure what's going on, and it just changes, and it's got a slight surreal vibe. There's a movie I can compare it to, but I think that'll spoil, spoil it, it yeah. so I won't <laughs> compare it to, but. I think you guys will dig it, so mm. I recommend watching it. And yeah, I really like this one. It has very cool, cool, like you know, how many movies do you see about Portuguese occupation of Angola? It's novel. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen many movies about that. <laughs> yeah. So there's that element of it, but then there's like another element of it that's right up our alley, which I won't give away because yeah. it's a spoiler. But yeah, definitely check this one out. This and Disco Boy would make interesting... Uh, Double feature. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um, Face of the Jellyfish was directed by Melissa Liebenthal. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I just, I just, think we gave everyone else a shout out, so yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to leave no. them out. Although Time Bomb Y2K, we didn't talk about who made that, did we? Uh, no. Oh, uh, let's see. Just throw that out there so it's in the... Time pub. Bomb Y2K was made by... Although it's a hard... Some very to, talented people. Brian yeah. Becker and Marley McDonald. Okay, cool. Shout out to them. Yeah. So that's it. 20 movies. Tommy Guns was the last one. Uh, at this point, Callum Nathan had checked out. And I was like, more, need more. Uh, we still <laughs> I ha- don't know how we would have done our initial schedule. I don't know how we would have got through oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Originally, we had two, three, four like 40, films a day. Like 40, 50 minutes. And I was like to these guys, like, I'm doing it. If you guys tap out, that's fine. But I'm going to do it. But yeah, even I probably would have had to... <laughs> Struggle. Yeah. yeah. But I think uh, now, now we've got an idea of what, you know how it is, what we can do uh, in our capacity as Tuesday Review, what we have time for, you know, between work and other yeah. responsibilities. And I'm hoping that next year we can uh, do something even more, like get more interviews, yeah. talk to more people, to maybe take some footage, start a YouTube. So yeah. I think this is... I mean, this was a good exploratory kind of trip. Yeah. You know, like at least... We've made communication with some people. Yeah, we made some connections, got some email addresses. Which might help us down the line for next year. 
Exactly. Yeah. So it's exciting time. You know, I've, uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time. Um, and I've always been confused as to where it's going, why we're doing it. Look, we've said and this before. At the end of the day, we do this because we like hanging out. It gives us something well, to Well, yeah. Do. I mean, we watch movies together yeah. and talk about them anyway. So, yeah. it was like, we might as well record them. But at certain times, a lot of the times, I was like, what? why are we still doing this? Because it's fun. But I think now... Well, it wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. But I think now we're starting to like, hey, let's make an actual go of this. Let's, let's talk to people. Let's go to events. Let's uh, record interviews and maybe, you know, take photos and, and uh, you know, engage in social media more. So, yeah. Stay tuned because we have more stuff coming in regards to Myth. We have next week, we have uh, our Bird Eater sort of semi special, semi review, you know, spoiler free review discussion, and also an interview with uh, the writer and co director of that movie. Um, But also in October, we're going to PAX in our capacity as the Tuesday Review. So we're going to be talking to game developers hopefully taking some footage and getting a YouTube started, um, interviewing people there, hopefully, um, and just, yeah, getting more content out there. There are some other conventions and events that I want to go to uh, and potentially interview people and get more content there. And we also have a couple other interviews related to some other stuff that we have set up. So, it's an exciting time. If you're an OG cousin, thank you very much for sticking around. I know me especially, I've kind of, you know, always been a bit wishy-washy with like my feelings towards the, the show. But if you're, and if you're a new cousin, thank you very much for tuning in. and Strapped in around. and feel the G's. Yeah, if you didn't, <laughs> if you haven't liked anything you've heard so far, don't worry. We've got a lot better stuff coming, a uh, lot more interviews upcoming. Um, filmmakers, game developers. I was a bit like, not worried, but I'm always apprehensive when we get to do an interview with someone. I'm like, are we just going to come across, you know, like you always wonder how you come across with other people. We'll talk about that next week uh, with Bird Eater, yeah. but yeah. I, I, and I, I think we did well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, we've interviewed filmmakers before, but th- this is different Again, now. it's different dynamic. When yeah. people are in the studio, it's, you can yeah, yeah. And psychically also, size each other up yeah. a little bit more. Also, we've like, for a long time over the years of the show, we've just kind of, especially with the pandemic, it's like, we're just kind of like keeping the show as a hobby. It's like nothing's really going to come of it. We don't have a lot of time to spend out of outside of work and other commitments. But now we're like, hey, let's try to do as much as we can when we can. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, in the next year or so, Tuesday Review will be a lot uh, beefier. That's it. You know what? Maybe someone will even start paying us. Yeah, maybe we can actually start a Patreon instead of just that's joking it. about it that's and go, it. actually, hey, we actually no, have... we'll just get back on Twitter, get back on X. No. We'll do that. And no. And we'll like the five cents in ad revenue and we'll be like, paid media. No, that... Paid that, media. I'm not, not crawling back to Elon. <laughs> he can go suck it. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, hopefully we're going to be more active on social media. If you're listening and you just want to reach out or you want to know more about a Myth movie or you want to know more about Myth or you want to know more about anything... Message us on just Facebook... Us Threads or Instagram. Um, please At Tuesday Review AU. Like and share all of those. Yes. Subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Um, let us know what you think. We'll be back next week. Adios, cousins.